0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. But without the Prima Strategy Guide, how are we going to get through this episode? It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Mr. Game & Watch becoming a little less offensive. And then on Thursday, we are going to be celebrating our 200th episode. Mark, can you believe it?
1: I cannot, but... should we do do we need to qualify it a little bit where it's like it is truly 200 but it's not like we've been doing it for 200 weeks.
0: Oh, I mean that is definitely true. Oh so you know, we do two episodes a week now. Uh-huh. Back in the day we didn't used to do 200 episodes, but then sometimes we did these like mini play along episodes where we would play a game and like check in every like world or two worlds or whatever um or in the case of Zelda like after two dungeons or you what know, whatever. This is this will be the 200th Thing that we've put out as Nintendo Cartridge Society, which
1: is still worth celebrating. Absolutely. Are we tempting fate a little bit? Because usually mm. we record both episodes on the same day. That's right. We're not doing that this week. Um, and not that one ninety nine isn't an achieve isn't an achievement. Right. But like, should something happen between the 199th and the oh, two hundred,
0: are we cursing? Yes, that's yeah. right. So we are recording this one on Saturday. That's right. Um, because I'm going to Disney World tomorrow, and Mark is Disneyland. I apologize.
1: <laughs> you could be going cross-country. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I'll be out of town
0: on Monday. So uh, we are recording this a little bit ahead of time, uh, and then we will be doing our special 200th episode. Spectacular. Spectacular. Um, And what are we doing for that? Uh, it's a little bit of a secret, and it's a little bit of we don't have it totally planned yet. But it'll be good, whatever it is. Mark, it'll be good. Do
1: you know what would be really cool to celebrate our 200th episode? No. People friending us on Switch.
0: Oh my god, I love being friended on Switch. You can do it very easily by using our friend codes, because there's literally no other way to do it, <laughs> uh, unless you've played like Super Mario Run with and us or I something. I guess
1: if you follow us on Twitter and you've... No, that wouldn't work, because I don't know. You would... Well, no, you could, because you would just you would just follow us individually
0: on Twitter. Yes. And not the show on no, Twitter. No, because I might the show is I'm tied at, to... I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nincart Society. One of us might be tied to Nincart. I, I am for sure. <laughs> I am for sure. <laughs> so use our friend codes there in the episode description. Uh, that is perfect. Um, Mark, we've got some guest weather we need to get to today.
1: That's right, because uh this person left us a five star review on apple podcasts yep so this uh guess weather is requested by uh,
0: the apple podcast username is one eight eight four eight eight colon eight open parentheses k k r e e d c v rolls right
1: off the tongue right off
0: the tongue super easy to say no big deal normal illinois seems like it's cold and normal uh like sub thirty degrees and we're recording this during the day so it's cold. It's cold and normal.
1: Big ups mm-hmm. to everybody in normal Illinois. The biggest of ups to everybody who leaves us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts.
0: Um, I went to school with a girl who played cello in a band with me who uh, grew up in Bloomington Normal, um, which is all like that same area.
1: Bloomington, Illinois?
0: Yeah. And normal Illinois. Oh gotcha. They're, they're I like, understand. They're like one
1: Oh, I understand. I understand what you were doing now. They're like uh, twin yes.
0: cities, blooming to normal sure Bluenor, we uh-huh. used to call it. So if, if Minneapolis, Saint Paul. Sure. It's not quite twin cities, necessarily. And it's not the quad cities, which is a different thing in Illinois. Mark, let's move past this. Um we do want to draw attention to uh our our uh, uh, listener, um, Adam uh, Gooding, wrote in uh, and uh, asked us to plug his uh, Movember, um, and so we're we're doing that because we're good guys. Uh, he, he says, uh, my name is Adam Gooding, and I am participating in Raising Money for Movember. Movember is an annual event involving the growing of mustaches during the month of November to raise awareness for men's health issues, such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's suicide. His target goal is at one thousand Australian dollars. Uh, below is a link to my donation page. It goes like this. This will also be in the episode description: um, https: colon slash slash uh, mobro slash adam gooding fourteen. Um, so if you can, if you're going to kick in for any of these, uh, why not have it be Adam's?
1: Yeah, a fellow NCS listener. Right. And hey, uh, suicide's no good. So like, let's stop that.
0: Wonderful. Um, Mark, this has very little to do with men's health or suicide. You can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces if you would like. And all you got to do is email your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, it is out in the wild right now. I got an email this morning saying it was received. Uh, so it's, it's good. People are enjoying the fact that Sonic Forces is in their house, I guess. I think it's just fun to get things in the mail. It is. It's a ton of fun to get something in the mail. I'm delighted every time it comes back to me in the mail. Um, we are also uh, cooking up another like big topic show that we will need you all to write in for. Mm-hmm. But more details on that as it develops. Um, in the meantime, if you heard like 20 minutes of our top eight NES games uh, episode. And then it just like
1: cut off right when I was really going to get in about Duck Hunt. Right as Mark started getting heated
0: about Duck Hunt. Uh, you should go back and try to re-download it because we we had a little bit of a, a technical uh error, an oopsie, a, a a poopsie doodle, um, and it has been since it has since been fixed. So, uh, thank you f- for your patience and go and, back and check it out, it's and it. for giving us the heads up, right? Yes, because a lot of you look. I woke up on Thursday morning to a lot of messages from on a lot of different platforms. Uh, people being like, "Hey." What's go? Did you mean to stop at, just as Mark is getting heated up about Duck Hunt? And let me assure you, if Mark is railing about Duck Hunt, I'm going to get it on tape and I'm going to put it out to the world. An
1: NCS promise.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, Mark. Let's get into what we have. Uh, let's yes, what we've been playing this week. Okay, first things first, you brought Diablo 3 over to my house today. We we were going to, uh, you were going to come over and we were going to start recording at 1 o'clock. It is presently almost 4. <laughs> uh, so we have been playing Diablo 3 for a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. We uh, did same screen co-op, yep. which I had never done before. And so that was a lot of fun. The, uh, I mean, I guess when I talked about Diablo 3, the first time this game is endless. It is a time suck. Like, hey mindless you become a drone you absolutely do
0: there was there was a time while we were playing that i looked up to there's a clock above the tv uh in my apartment and i looked up and i was like oh my god have we been playing this for an hour and a half like the time just melted away like meat off the bone in a slow roast barbecue but
1: one thing that was really fun is we booted it up uh both set our characters got in and uh when you get to like the first town like 5 minutes into the game, probably less than that. There is a mailbox mm-hmm. and my mailbox was full of gifts from uh Cyber22. So thank you Cyber, it made our experience a little bit more
0: fun. Um but also this game seems easy, right?
1: Yeah, we crew I mean, we had at no point were we in danger of dying.
0: Right. At one point, I was spending too much time standing in lava that a creature was standing behind, or was leaving behind, and that brought my health pretty low, but not even that low. it's like, to half, I'm maybe. trying to
1: remember, like, do you remember dying a lot in Diablo in the f- either of the first two games? I remember dying a lot in the original Diablo, yeah. or like,
0: reaching areas pretty easily where I was being swarmed by monsters that I couldn't deal
1: with. We were also playing on Normal in the first chapter. When of two the game. of
0: us co-op. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's possible. Plus, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but we're, like, really good Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we left that part out. Right, right, we're right.
1: amazing at this game.
0: Um, uh, I have also been playing The Messenger. Mark, I guess uh, you, you have also been playing a little bit more. When last we spoke, where about in the game were you?
1: So, I, like, towards the end, or what I'm assuming is the end, the game stops becoming linear and becomes a Metroidvania type experience. Yeah. And I had uh progressed like a little bit in that. Yeah. And then this morning I booted it up to play some more. I was like, I actually don't really care for this Metroidvania take on this game. I liked when it was linear.
0: Um so I think that was my initial response to when it started doing that. Uh and I had I had only like gotten just to the sixteen bit portion uh last week. Um but when, uh, when it first kind of clicked over to the more open world, or not open world, but like Metroidvania uh, version of itself, um, I also resisted it for a second. But as soon as I got, like, the sort of feel for what, like, why you're spit back out into the world, um, and, like, how to sort of systematically go through all the areas and find the, the, the green talismans and all the, like, individual special items that unlock stuff, and, like, the new areas that you can discover, um, I... I got like super excited about it.
1: Yeah, I feel a little bit aimless. Which, yeah, that's I, how I, I that's hate.
0: How I, that's how I started for sure. Um, but like, I what I did at, at first was just like go to an area and just start to try to find all of the the green talismans and like level up because you have new upgrades um, when you uh, make it Metroidvania and like just level up those uh, the one like navigation ones that are like mark this on your map, mark this on your map just get all of those. Oh, okay. Um and then the game be it's still like open but you have a lot more guidance and you can see um like different areas that you need to go to on on the map. I'm pulling up the map like every
1: Yeah, like I'm not even sure what exactly it is I'm supposed to be doing. Like I know that my end goal is to get music notes, but it's yeah. like am I getting one from each of those little portals or like I what is the deal? Right.
0: So it's kind of like the the like the quest structure is like go out and find the music notes and like you don't know where they are but it sort of slowly reveals itself as like okay but you're also looking for these uh little guys that build the bridge so you can get to like this okay uh, i was wondering fortress. about that like
1: do you get like additional like items or anything yeah so oh, okay items okay uh,
0: additional abilities um and like i said you unlock more areas on them so like there's um I I don't want to like give anything away too much because there there were like areas as I was unlocking them that felt like that um since it is a Metroid Vania style game um felt like the moment in Super Metroid when you bomb the uh, when you do a power bomb in like the the tube and then suddenly you're in Meridia um it just like the the game has so much more in it than I, I originally thought as I was like running through it in a very linear fashion um and like i'm getting i'm still getting to those areas where it is like a really tight platforming like you need to really understand the messenger's mobility and like you know switching out from um like hitting a hitting an enemy and like jumping and using like the, the grappling hook or the oh whatever, whatever they call it the game told me it made <laughs> fun of me as saying that you're just gonna call it a grappling hook anyway um but yeah, I think it. I, I think it's uh, phenomenal and so smart. Like it, it feels like it is. Um. It's it's like in, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica when um you're in this like sciency facility and you get to the bottom and you see you enter a replica of the Spencer Mansion from the first game, right? Or like in uh Metal Gear Solid Four when you go back to Shadow Moses, like. The game creates its own sense of history, and then you're revisiting those spaces like under like new contexts and like where the game is a different game. Um, so it, it's really neat and really cool in that regard. And I would urge you to go back to it. And like,
1: yeah, that's encouraging because uh, you know, when we talked about it last week, I was totally high on it. Yeah, and then trying to like progress a little bit further, I was not really enjoying myself. So but I was avoid, I hadn't picked up any of those like map navigation upgrades. Cause I was really aiming for that reduced damage one.
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. The reduced damage one is nice. Um, but like get all, get all the navigation ones. Cause a lot of the things that the game ends up like pointing you towards are those like kind of spires of just like crystal where you just like hack away at it for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and the more you explore, obviously the, the faster you get those things. Um, so I'm, I I feel like I'm nowhere near actually like finishing it, finishing it. I still have maybe like three or four music notes to go. Um but like I've I have all the upgrades and I have had them all for a while. Um and yeah, man, I really really like uh the messenger. Really good game. Things it I I was going to say I think it holds up, but like I think it if you can stay with it through its transition, um there's like a a second excellent game in there. Um I've also been playing a little bit of Super Mario Bros. 2 um I don't on your 3DS? No, on the uh NES Classic. Oh, gotcha. Um and uh I don't really have too much to say about it uh, other than um I was thinking that it would be fun to try to uh like somehow limit the number of times you could choose the same character or like you can't pick the same character twice in a row or something like that. Like I think there are are fun ways that you could um, like restrict your experience uh, of Super Mario Brothers Two to make it more fun or fresher. Cause, like, I don't know. I feel like I've got, I know what characters I like to use in each level. Um, and you know, if I want to just like coast over something, I'm just like, oh, I'll just be the princess the whole time. Um, and maybe it's a little more fun to, uh, you know, mix it up. Anyway, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get in- into the new releases and what we might be playing next week.
1: Man, th- it came so fast. I can't believe it's already November 13th and Riding Stable My Life with Horses Look, is here.
0: Riding Stable My Life with Horses is here, but so too is the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, which is a game uh, I'm not going to play.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, me too. Um, Tomorrow, November 14th, you got Metroid, Mighty Bomb Jack, and Twinbee coming to the NES Switch Online.
0: Um that's exciting that we're getting uh another set of new games. Do you think that we will get another surprise s p version of an n e s game?
1: Kind of hope so because I don't care about any of these games um
0: Now, you straight don't care about Metroid or like you have a way to play it already anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
1: I mean, for people who listen to our uh top eight n e s games of all time episode, I don't think Metroid's very fun. Yeah, sure. Like yeah, I'd no. love it. I'd love if there's an SP Mestroid, like we talked about, that had, or a uh, listener suggested that had a map. Yeah, that would be awesome. Would be perfect. Um, and then I looked up what Mighty Bomb Jack was because I wasn't familiar with it. Yeah, And so like,
0: just for the record, I'm also not familiar with Mighty Bomb Jack or Twinbee. Like these are both
1: uh, right. So Twin is a uh uh like vertical scrolling shooter. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, I guess you still call that a shmup. Anything can be a shmup if you believe. (laughs) Um, and that looks fine. It's from Konami, so the music is okay. But Mighty Bomb Jack, I looked up, and it's a. Would you say the music is not okay? It's not okay. It's a platformer, and the uh, with the you know how there's like a lot of eight bit NES games that, you know, I guess they're supposed to be fun and childlike and for children, and the music reflects that in the most like grating aggravating way possible by sounding like those like an ice cream truck yeah like a grocery store 25 cent um oh sure a merry-go-round
0: right or like the the little rocket ship that just like goes back and yeah yeah. uh uh-huh
1: and so i looked up a youtube video of what mighty bomb jack was and mighty bomb jack is the perfect example of terrible unlistenable nes music
0: it's funny you should say unlistenable because we're about to make people listen to it Here we go, Mighty Bomb Jack.
1: Yeah, that's pretty rough. I mean, you're like, for 10 seconds, whatever, you know, you can deal with it. As the ice cream truck drives by, you're fine. Right. But could you imagine listening to that on a constant loop? For however long it takes to beat this game, no, thank you.
0: I can't imagine listening to it for a full <laughs> minute, so we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop listening to it right here
1: and now. look and
0: They're y- not all classic soundtracks.
1: They're not all classic soundtracks. They're not all classic games. What's going on here? Why is it on my NES?
0: Switch oh, no. online.
1: It's just there though. There's nothing you can do. There's about nothing it. I can do it's about like it. U2 record. It's just on your phone. And then on November 16th, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is out including the Pokeball Plus. Uh-huh. I have my Pokeball Plus coming on Friday. I have downloaded my copy of Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I am ready for this.
0: Um, That's very exciting. I have uh, Switch Brother, Switch Brother, Smash Brother, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate sitting on my Switch right now, uh-huh. also preloaded. Uh, and I didn't realize it was going to be a preload thing when I bought it ahead of time. I thought it was just going to be like, that I would be able to preload it later, but it, I have the whole game on there. Yeah. I just can't play it. Every now and then I will like click on it and, and it'll be like, I've got to check online to see if you can play this. I'm like, okay, do it. And Every time it's like, you can't play this yet. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. You're right.
1: Also on Friday, uh, Sid Meier civilization six is released on switch and Nintendo's releasing a super Mario party bundle mm-hmm. that comes with uh two joy con. It's like a neon green and neon yellow. yellow yeah.
0: Um, wh- Do you know what that's priced at?
1: Uh, no, not off the top of my head. I'm
0: going to look it up, um, because, um... Because Cause Joy-Cons it,
1: themselves are, are expensive. It's right. 80 bucks for a pair.
0: Right, so I mean, is this, like, 120 bucks, 140 bucks? Like that?
1: Yeah, if it is, like, 80 or 90 dollars, I guess that's a really good deal.
0: Uh, okay, looking it up. Super Mario Party Joy-Con bundle. Uh, oh boy, it does look like it's it's expensive. Um...
1: So this is not like a Wii Party situation.
0: No, it seems like this. Yeah, or like a. a yeah, was it Wii Party? Was that the name of the? We play. Yeah, maybe it was We Play.
1: This is boring and bad. Um, <laughs> I feel like the internet should provide this information. It, it should freely. It, it
0: should supply it a, a little bit more easily. Uh, I'm unable to find it now, and it doesn't matter because I already bought Super Mario Party, so it's not as though I'm going to buy it again. But if it was like a hundred bucks or something. Um, I would feel a little bit like, oh, why didn't you?
1: Well, then let's not look it up. Then let's, let's just like say oh, that I'm it's two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's like two hundred dollars. It's like nine hundred dollars. it's a ripoff. Don't yeah, buy that. Why
0: would, I, why would I do that? All right, Mark. That's a uh, well. We might be playing next week, uh, because it's new releases. Let's get. Let's uh, sh- what am I doing? <laughs> let's close out of
1: this. Segment. Diablo three has just like melted it has your melted brain. Melted
0: my brain. But now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are talking about shaving. We're both men with facial hair. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I have a mustache and like stubble or it's, it's a little bit longer right now. You've got, uh, like a, a, a tight beard. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, what do, what do you, what do you think about shaving? Do you like doing it?
1: I, my current like sha- shaving regimen is on Sunday, I trim my beard and like clean my neck uh-huh. and then once a week once. And then I don't, and then it's just like a slow decline mm mm-hmm into Sloftum. Right. Until ne- the next Sunday. I guess when I, I like walk uh. into work Monday morning. Right. Fresh as the daisy. Fresh and new. Uh
0: this I guess tracks because I'm used to seeing you on Monday evenings uh when you are fresh
1: as a daisy. Yeah, I look terrible today cuz I'm at the <laughs> I'm at the end of the cycle.
0: Um I, I'm a mess. Uh, I think I need to get on a cycle. Like right now um, if there is uh, something coming up where I'm like, oh, I want to look nice, then I will trim up the like beard part, um, or and or the mustache part. But the mustache part has to be much longer than than the beard part. Beard part, I go all the way down to a two on the old clippers. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I- if I go at the mustache at all, like eleven, <laughs> right? Usually, I like to go at it with uh, scissors, um, and then and then clean up around the neck and uh, look. I get hairs on my face in bad high on the cheeks. High up on my cheeks I will get hairs that don't belong um and there are two pretty persistent hairs on the tip of my nose <laughs> that I do a, a fairly good job of either mowing down when I see them or tweezing them out but they come back.
1: Yeah, I have a uh, hair that likes to grow on the very tip of like top tip of my ear. What? Yeah, and so I'll be like um, it's like almost like an eyebrow that is misplaced
0: <laughs> it's just a really far over yeah like eyebrow. a
1: single like uh, brow strand right that's just like <laughs> got lost um, on its way
0: do you do let's assume that that is an eyebrow do you <laughs> do you do any other eyebrow maintenance
1: yeah yes
0: uh what 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 do you have to do I'll, t-
1: I'll take a good old like uh like pluck up the middle uh-huh um and then like comb straight up and then trim with scissors. Oh. The okay. br- like any brows that are like higher than the other.
0: See, what 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 I'll do uh when I want to address the brows is so I don't really get like a a, a middle of the, of uh-huh. the face brows, uh-huh. so I don't really tweeze down the middle. Um but uh sometimes one eyebrow will go rogue. Oh, it sure, Be yeah. like an inch longer than the rest of them. Uh-huh. So I'll just sort of like push that push against the grain and that'll make like the longer one sort of like stand at attention. And then, then, I tweeze them. Um, and I tweeze them instead of cutting them because I feel like I need to make an example of them. Do
1: you tweeze from the bottom up? What do you mean? Well, starting from, like, right above your, uh, like, the lower brow. And then tweezing towards the top.
0: Mm, I guess I still
1: don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just, like, your your order of operations. Anything opera- that's out of your, line. Your order of operations.
0: Well, the thing is, I usually don't have to do more than, like, one or two oh, okay. at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: are you graying? Do you uh, your hair like you seem like you are not graying very much? Do so you?
0: I, I gray more in my beard than uh-huh. I do anywhere else. If if my beard grows out uh, into like a real beard, you will see um, gray. Or if you look at like the like hair shaving residue, you will see gray hairs, brown hairs, and blonde hairs. Like my beard doesn't know what color <laughs> my hair is. Which is insane.
1: Uh, I've been g- getting gray hair since I was like twenty four. Yeah, but your gray uh, is like in the perfect place and looks great. But here is here is the funny thing it's about just it: just on the sides of your head. But here here is what's like funny about it is that uh, the gray hair obviously has like a different texture. Yes. Than um the not the hair that still has like the brown color, and uh it will stand to like the side if i don't um like if i like sleep on it funny yeah, yeah. It's right a little like bit and i'm like able to brush down the brown part of it but like the wiry part just like will stand at it well i guess we'll, well i guess i guess we will never we'll know we'll never know for sure
0: we were accompanied today by the Brussels Chamber Choir uh, and so thank you Brussels Chamber Choir Mark let's do it let's get into the news
1: Nintendo recently announced their second quarter financial results, and with that, we got a bunch of tidbits of information on a variety of subjects from Nintendo President um, Shintaro Furukawa. So this is just kind of like a grab bag of small little news morsels.
0: Yeah, and then we're going to take those morsels and we're going to chew them up, partially digest them, and then we're going to position ourselves over your little birdie mouths, and we're going to regurgitate them into your birdie mouths.
1: No different than what we do every other week. Uh, While discussing the performance of Labo, Furukawa notes that Labo was only one way the company is looking to expand the Switch user base outside of players interested in its core franchises, and that more details on what those other initiatives might be will be coming in the future. Brain Age 3? (laughs) The thing I love about it is, like, with Labo, it's not like nobody called Labo. Nobody was (laughs) like, no YouTube channel you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. And no influence. Yeah, no no one in the industry was like,
1: hey, you know what Nintendo's going to do. Yeah, they're going to combine crafts with video games. <laughs> so, I can't wait to find out what this is. Yeah. Crazy stuff, I bet. Uh, Nintendo plans to continue to sell and support the 3DS for as long as there's demand. Furukawa noted specifically the th- that the 3DS has an a has several advantages over the Switch, such as its size, its weight, and its price. And honestly, it's library at this point.
0: Yeah, well, and I would also say durability, too. Like, not that the Switch is a fragile, you know, flower that will die if you, you know, take it on a plane with you. But, like, I still treat my... Or I I treat my 3DS like... Garbage. Like garbage. I throw it it into a backpack. I don't think twice about that backpack when I get in somewhere. Like... (laughs) it it's fine it can go in pants is it it's such a durable machine
1: yeah i would never like toss my uh switch no. onto the couch or the bed or something but the 3ds i'm just like chucking that thing yeah
0: agreed i wish that they made like a super strong like like actually durable uh 3ds that like cuz it it is durable but like one
1: that looked that way and like
0: felt that way. So I could just like genuinely treat it like shit.
1: <laughs> Those, like, um, you know, the uh, iPad or like phone cases they have that I don't know, it makes them like Otterbox or something. Yeah, sure. They're like for construction foreman. Yes. That's what we need for the That's 3DS. What I like, want. indestructible. I could back up a monster truck over it That's and the thing what will still play B- also, Mario Kart 7.
0: If it could be waterproof too, let me take it in the tub.
1: <laughs> uh, on the subject of third-party support, Furukawa said that it's unrealistic to expect every title to appear on Switch, <laughs> but that... You hear that? Everyone? <laughs> but that he expects the number of titles on it will increase a lot more in the future.
0: Seems... Uh, Reasonable. Logical. And yeah. Like, like I feel like different. we
1: already see some of that. Yeah. Uh, we Wait, also we're just
0: playing Diablo 3. Yeah. Um, in this thing. Who yeah. would have
1: ever guessed two years ago? We also learned that Fortnite has been downloaded to close to half of all Switch systems worldwide. Uh, Well, when you're A, the most
0: popular game in the world, and B, free. It's a so no-brainer. It seems, it seems like a no-brainer. Do you have it
1: downloaded on your system? No, so we are perfectly representative of all Switch owners. <laughs> yeah, I do, exactly. As always. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I actually don't have it any longer because mm. I'm pr- pretty quick to archive games. Yeah. When I'm like, I haven't played this for a while. Like, why is it sitting on my hard drive? I can download it again. Right in the future, Fortnite is not going anywhere. It'll, uh, I'll live this show all. for for sure. Uh, Has it done 200 episodes? <laughs> I don't think so. Now, lazy. Uh, discussing the recently launched Nintendo Switch Online service, Furukawa stated that the service quote had a good launch and that Nintendo's current, uh. I have objection here, but that's not the word. I'm. Objective? Objective, that's it. Is on boosting the appeal of the service and further enhancing the content of the service for the subscriber base to reach a certain size. Um, he mentioned the NES controllers that are Nintendo Switch Online subscriber exclusives uh, as an example of the way that Nintendo can uh, leverage the service to their benefit as like a software and hardware company, how uh, they do both. did did those things sell out like what's the deal like can you could you like try to buy them right now you could i'm sure you
0: could i bet that they the way that they are structuring it you have to be a subscriber and then you order them and they come like two months later
1: well that's because we ordered it in september but i wonder if you like tried to order it now i mean when it would come
0: yeah that that's that's a good a good question i assume that they were mostly doing like uh made to order, right? That like they know that they're going to have this many that they need, they're just going to produce that many and send them out. Oh, sure. Um like cuz it's not going to be a at least not right away, maybe in in the future. Um it's not going to be something that you'll buy in a store. Like it's always going to be something that you're buying direct from Nintendo.
1: I I totally forgot that I had ordered those. Me too. And or I guess like I remember that I ordered them, but I forgot that these exist that they existed at all. Sure. Uh, I'm excited to get it next month.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, so uh, obviously, I, I mentioned I was playing Super Mario Brothers two, and Sarah's been playing a lot of Doctor Mario lately, and both of those games we have been playing on the NES Classic, and Super Mario is already on the Switch. But part of the reason that she's not playing it on the Switch is that like she doesn't want to play with the Joy-Con, which I I get. Um, but Hey, if we've got the NES controllers for it, that solves the problem right there. Exactly. Do you think, Mark, do you think this leads us to future NES controllers coming to the NES online Switch thing? Explain. A zapper. Can I get the zapper?
1: That You have to, like, dock in the Joy-Con like it's, like, <laughs> yes. two gun holsters? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Look, I, I what know. I would love mm, yes. is, a like... power pad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two power pads, just, like, flappy, like, <laughs> Dumbo ears to dock to the side of your Switch. That'd be perfect. Uh, GameCube controllers. Give me a mm. game... Or not controllers. Give me, like, a GameCube controller. I feel like that was, like, the first thing somebody mocked up. Yeah, when yeah, the yeah. switch was announced, yeah, I, I still mean, want it.
0: If you know, just just really all you need to do is make that make the A button big, and the right thumbstick needs to be yellow, and you're done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Furukawa mentioned a similar strategy for other previous released Nintendo Switch games. He called titles like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe hardware drivers, in that those games cause people to buy the systems. Furukawa went on to explain that one way they can keep those games in the spotlight is by offering add-on content for them.
0: Right, so basically having uh, that this is the same as the NES online thing in that it is a service that they already provide or a product they already provide they plan to support into the future. Um, now, I know that we have been told that the Champion's Ballot is the last of the Breath of the Wild DLC. Mark, what if that's not true?
1: I'm thinking more it's more likely that we'll see more Odyssey content. I
0: think that would be great. Uh I would love more Odyssey content. I don't know that Breath of the Wild needs to be bigger. Um I love that game. Um, but at some point I will go back to it fresh and like play it new. And when I do that, like I don't necessarily need a reason to go back into the game for four hours in like a couple months. I would almost rather forget about the game and then someday three years down the road be like, oh man, Breath of the Wild, and then play it and re-love it all over again, and that that also that may be more than four years. Oh, you know that may be at like ten years down the road, at which point I will be a very old man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think there's more room to just like get a new Mario thing and and run around that.
1: Well, and kind of uh, related to that, speaking about the difference in release lineup for Nintendo first parties between 2017 and 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Rakawa very politely I'm uh summarizing here was basically like, yeah, video games take a long time to make, so not every year is going to be like twenty seventeen for us. Twenty seventeen was a great year
0: for Nintendo games. Um and it's not we're not likely to see a year like that again next year or the year after, or for a while.
1: But like uh in addition to I guess like the B tier titles uh by adding more content to super mario odyssey and stuff like that is just a way to extend the longevity of those games
0: so bring them on they're games that we already own so i would love more stuff for them speaking
1: of beer b tier titles okay getting more content uh kirby star allies is getting a third major update later this month it includes new dream friends like magalore tar taranza and Susie. i'm gonna be honest don't know what any of these things are
0: uh yeah, likewise. I don't uh, know what any of those things are. I do
1: know from Kirby's Return to Dreamland, Kirby Triple Deluxe, and Planet Robobot respectively. Uh also include a new Another Dimension heroes mode that promises to be more difficult where you play as like Dream Friends instead of Kirby. Yeah, and it takes place after the main story, and then it also includes more difficult bosses. I'm it's not clear to me if it's like new bosses or just the bosses. More difficult versions yeah. of the
0: existing bosses. Um I could I could stand to go back to Kirby Star Allies.
1: I don't know. You, you, I, 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 th- I I thought it was, I enjoyed my time with it, but there hasn't been anything. You played this game mostly
0: by yourself, yes?
1: Uh, I think exclusively by myself. Okay, Mark, that's your problem.
0: Because
1: the game I is. I don't have enough friends. You don't have
0: enough <laughs> friends. This is an intervention. <laughs>
1: Two it took 199 episodes to get there. You were playing the long con. That's right. I am a
0: patient man.
1: <laughs> uh, Prima Games publisher of strategy guides for over 28 years. Wow. We'll be shutting down in spring 2019. It's parent company DK announced just, and it makes sense. I'm actually kind of surprised that it was able to last for as long as it, it did. Um, Yeah. I mean, especially when like, I mean like
0: between game facts and like IGN's wikis and like, just
1: like any, yeah. Like there are so many sites that do guide like every major, site like polygon usgamer.net like they all also do guides forums your friend groups on twitter or discord or whatever
0: and like all of this stuff is backed up by video too so like if at any time you are confused about something in a video game you do not need to go to a specialty store buy a book about the game bring the book home Look up where you are in the game and hope that they have a tip relevant to what you're experiencing. Um, yeah it's it's sort of just a, a relic of, of another time.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're probably more just like collector I- collectors items for people now, and yeah, for agreed. people who grew up with strategy guides, like uh, owning the physical thing is probably just like fun for people. Yeah,
0: I mean, I really liked uh I, I've had you know a, a number of strategy guides throughout the years, and I like having like a book that you know has additional art or like you know the maps of like the areas that i'm going through for whatever reason uh i enjoyed having that to like take with me as a kid when like i wasn't going to be home and couldn't play final fantasy 3 you know or whatever like i could still experience the game in some capacity or you know be like reading through the esper stats and be like oh i should really be equipping this on this person and uh that kind of stuff um but I'm actually as I'm going through it, I'm trying. To, I don't know if they any of those were Prima guides. I had a lot of Nintendo Power guides, um, and I had a Final Fantasy VII guide that was written, um, like based on the Japanese version of the game, and had was like so focused on like the strategy of the game and like how to grow materia in, in specific ways. Um, and I just remember really loving that strategy guide, um, but. Yeah, none of them were prima. I yeah, I mean I'm there saying. used
1: to be a lot many uh many more players in that space and Prima was kind of just like the last man standing. Yeah.
0: I still think that there is that there could be a like market for a like game guide company that like works with the actual like maybe with like indie games or something like that, um, to provide more like concept art and I, I don't I don't know, just something that's more of like a companion piece than an actual strategy guide.
1: Yeah, I mean it just sounds like you're sounds describing like, you're like a, a website. Yeah. <laughs> or or just like a collector's, you know, like yeah. um making of or the art of books. Yeah. Uh last week we talked about a leak suggesting a YouTube app was coming to Switch and look, if we say it it happens and the YouTube app did launch on Switch this week. There we go. So, leaks you can good believe. Good for us. Uh it's a fitting time with, uh, the new streaming services ascendant to bid adieu to the Wii's streaming services,
0: uh, you say streaming services ascendant? It's really just like we've had Hulu on there for a while, uh-huh, and now we've got YouTube, uh-huh. We don't. We, there have been no leaks or any reporting of like Netflix coming or like uh, HBO Go or anything
1: like that, right? But like in comparison to the Wii, right. Which is losing, it's, but it's also the Wii. <laughs> Let's not get mired in the details. All right. The uh, Wii's streaming services are shutting down on January 31st of next year, according to an email that was sent out to subscribers by Netflix.
0: Um, A huge blow to my peers' parents everywhere.
1: <laughs> no, it's so true. Uh, everyone's parents uses their weed for Netflix now. <laughs> for a good old, like... 480i output.
0: Man, I, that was so impressive. The, the first time we put the disc, the disc in <laughs> and then watch Netflix on, on the Wii.
1: Amazing. Uh, last week, we also talked about the top 10 games on the N64 and Game Boy Color, as reported by NPD. And this week, the company revealed the best-selling games in the U.S. for each year since 1995. Wow. Patrick, do you want to try to guess what some of these are? But here's the thing. Oh, okay. Is that, (laughs) before you can even answer. Right. 2017 to 2014. All Call of Duty. All Call of Duty. 2013 is Grand Theft Auto V. 2012 to 2009, all Call of Duty. Okay. But 1996, 97, 98, 99, and 2000, those were all N64 games. Were the best selling for the year. Wow! So, okay. Do you want to guess? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. Two thousand.
0: Oh, can we start at the bottom? Can sure. We start at 1995?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you y- you can try guessing nineteen ninety five. Sure, it's not a Nintendo first party game.
0: Oh, it's not. An, uh, GoldenEye. Nineteen
1: ninety five. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Mortal Kombat three.
0: Mortal Com- Mortal Kombat three. <laughs> I
1: know, right? Okay. Nineteen ninety six. Th- that's uh, the year that hmm. the uh, N64 launched. Okay. Wink, uh, wink, wink, wink. Okay, so Super Mario 64?
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Okay,
1: 1997. Mario Kart. Yes. It was Mario Kart 64. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 1998.
0: Is this Goldeneye?
1: No. Goldeneye is not on this list.
0: Oh, okay. Um, 98? Uh-huh. Uh, Ocarina of Time. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh,
1: 1999. This is a garbage game.
0: Quest 64.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. It's Donkey Kong 64. (laughs) Uh, And then 2000. This one's actually kind of surprising. It's a spinoff of a beloved franchise. Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, No, it's uh, it's Pokemon Stadium. Pokemon Uh Stadium was the best-selling game in the U.S. In In the the year year 2000? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Uh Mark,
0: thank you. That was a fun that was a fun <laughs> game that I did okay at.
1: <laughs> also last week during the Smash Direct, we learned about a DLC that would add 5 new fighters into the game post launch. Smash Guru Masahiro Sakurai tweeted out some additional details on the DLC, noting that the characters to be included have already been decided and that the selection was done entirely by Nintendo. Uh which is an interesting distinction to make if nothing else.
0: Yeah, uh, what do you think that means entirely by Nintendo? <laughs> that um that like maybe he had some requests and they were like here are the characters that we've secured the rights to or like want you to push yeah i mean it sounds to me like they were like here are the five right here are the five we've decided we've decided these characters will go in smash or i mean he he said that they provided him with like a list and he said given the the style of you know play for those characters and this game these five will work
1: mm so, d- there was a fan ballot for Smash 4, for the Smash 4 DLC. Right. Where, like, the results of that, do they actually affect change?
0: No one knows. I mean, Cloud was one of the uh, heavily requested ones, as was Bayonetta. Um, So, we got those characters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, m- maybe maybe it affected, uh, but who who knows? Like, right, sure. Who knows if that actually drove them to be like, oh, get Square Enix on the phone.
1: Yeah, or if they rigged the polls. Oh! To be characters that they were already developing. Deep sigh. I
0: I think it's just a fun way to engage fans and be like, which characters would you like to see in this game? Um, Kind of like we do with our ranking episodes. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Our lists, of course, are definitive, as are all of our rankings. But they don't mean anything.
1: Uh, This message was tweeted out from Sakurai and Sora's official Twitter account in both English and Japanese. The following was only tweeted in English, quote, It's great to dream about your favorite character joining the battle, and I appreciate your passion. But please try to stay on topic when replying to tweets and refrain from flooding us and other users with requests when we're not specifically asking for feedback. Thank you. Hear that, English-speaking
0: audience? <laughs> You're asking for too much stuff. The Japanese-speaking audience is cool about it. <laughs>
1: You don't need Sometimes t- <laughs> the teacher needs to take a different tone. That's true.
0: Yep. It'd be like, "Hey guys, look, I know you wanted to see Banjo in this game. He's not here. Get over it."
1: Yeah. And maybe he will be, who knows. Speaking of Super Smash Bros ultimate, one of Mr. Game & Watch's moves and references Oh, it, the move it like references the 1982 um Game & Watch game uh fi- his move Fire Attack has been altered will be altered yes. to remove references to Native American stereotypes. Uh, the move did not appear in previous versions of the game, but the offending sprite, uh, once it was brought to Nintendo's attention, uh, an update that will come post-launch will remove it from the game.
0: Right, so uh, when at any time that Game & Watch has appeared in the Smash series, he has not had this move, they put it in in this one, and then uh, someone was like, hey, it's a little bit of... Uh, it's a little bit offensive when he like has a feather coming out of his head and like he's got
1: It's like throwing fire or something yeah. like that.
0: Um so they uh pulled it out and like issued a statement being like it's a reference to a game from like thirty years ago, um and that's that you know, who we are now is not who we were then. So we we changed it.
1: And but, I think that's really cool of them. Yeah.
0: And and also just like a great like mature like, Oh yeah, there's this is not a hill to die on. If it's gonna upset anyone, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Take it out.
1: Finally, uh, there's a Splatfest coming this weekend. Team Salsa versus Team Guacamole. Oh, my gosh. Kicks off November 16th at 8 p.m. Pacific time and ends 24 hours later. Patrick, if you had to choose. Guacamole. Fair. Once again, we represent fifty. each represent 50% of the Switch user base. Because I, of course, would be Team Salsa. Of course would be Team Salsa. Yeah. Hmm. It's a delicious condiment condiment topping and a dance nobody's doing the guacamole um
0: no but i bet you could and it would be delicious all right mark let's get out of the news Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, All of that helps us tremendously. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or any social media platform. Or just by leaning over to the person that you're sitting next to and saying, hey, check out this fun podcast I'm listening to. We'll wait for you to do that and put your headphones on their ears. And then uh, then we'll welcome a new listener. Hello, new listener. Hey! Hey, subscribe to our show on your device. Anyway, um, that all is great. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at NIN Cart Society. Oh, and
1: hey, come back for our 200th episode spectacular on Thursday. 200
0: episodes. You know that we will do something to celebrate it. We got to figure that out, Mark. Uh, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers, removing all offensive Native American stereotypes from this show and saying thanks for listening.